Hi everyone and welcome to another Liberty Minute. Today's episode is brought to you with the help of Palmetto State Armory, your budget-friendly outdoor sporting retailer based right here in South Carolina. To help out the channel, just click on the link down in the description and do your regular Palmetto State shopping. Despite claims made by the left that the addition of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court would destroy Obamacare and healthcare as we know it, the Supreme Court did, in fact, vote in favor of Obamacare this week. The court ruled 7-2 on Thursday to reverse an appeals court ruling that had struck down the individual mandate. Texas, in addition to about a dozen largely red states, had filed the lawsuit, arguing that when the individual mandate penalty was reduced down to zero, it proved that the mandate, and thus the entire ACA, was unlawful. The lawsuit made its way up through the system, during which the Fifth Circuit agreed that the individual mandate was unconstitutional. But then, 20 Democrat states, led by California, of course, asked the Supreme Court to see the case and reverse the Fifth Circuit's decision, claiming that if the penalty was zero, it was no longer an individual mandate, and that gave the citizens a choice as to whether or not to buy in. Interesting logic. SCOTUS agreed to hear the case in March of 2020. Barrett and Kavanaugh both joined the majority opinion, which stated that Texas and the other states failed to show that they were actually harmed by Obamacare. Obama and the Biden administration both celebrated the decision, claiming that it would ensure that millions of Americans would get health care, even though health insurance isn't health care, and it's both illegal and unethical for hospitals to turn away patients, and they have special charity funds for low-income folks who can't pay their medical bills. Nonetheless, Biden asserted that it meant that healthcare is now a right rather than a privilege and took it as an opportunity to promise to expand Obamacare even further. Also on the topic of Texas, the Lone Star State got pretty spicy this week. On Wednesday, Governor Greg Abbott announced that the state budget would provide $250 million as a down payment to fund the construction of a border wall. Abbott also signed constitutional carry into law, which will take effect on September 1st. And in perhaps the biggest and ballsiest of moves, Abbott signed a resolution invoking the Tenth Amendment. This basically asserts Texas's rights as a sovereign state to control all matters and powers not granted to the federal government by the Constitution. Technically, it would void any federal law that is unconstitutional. There's controversy as to whether or not this actually has any teeth, and did come at the unfortunate time that the folks who run the state's power grid are again asking people to conserve power and not use their ACs for fear of another grid failure. So some of Texas is not that sympathetic. Also in states' rights, Missouri Governor Mike Parson signed the Second Amendment Preservation Act into law on the 13th. But then on the 17th, Joe Biden's Department of Justice responded by sending state officials a letter claiming that the state can't actually opt out of gun control. 
As reported by the AP, the letter says that the act, quote, conflicts with federal firearms laws and regulations. The administration claims that the law threatens to disrupt the working relationship between local and federal authorities and pointed out that the state does receive federal grants, which appears to be a passive-aggressive threat to take those grants away. In the legal world, the McCloskeys, the armed couple who confronted a trespassing crowd outside their home last year, have pled guilty to a set of misdemeanors. While it's much better than the felonies they were originally charged with, the misdemeanors are still… not exactly fitting. Mark McCloskey was given a plea deal for fourth-degree assault, which under state law would mean that he recklessly caused, or attempted to cause, physical injury, or at least made another person feel that they were in danger of physical injury. Despite the charge, no one was actually hurt in the encounter, no shots were fired, and it was, after all, a crowd of people trespassing in a private neighborhood during a time in which trespassing crowds had the reputation of being pretty violent and destructive. Which frankly is a good reason to stand outside while armed and tell people to GTFO. His wife, Patricia, was given a deal for second-degree harassment, a charge that states the person purposefully caused emotional distress to another person without good cause. Again, I think that we have an argument for good cause. And the only thing the woman should be found guilty of is violating the cardinal rules of gun safety on top of a bad grip. Nonetheless, the pair will pay a total of about $2,700 in fines and an additional $10 to the Crime Victims Fund. The firearms seen in the viral photos and video are also ordered to be turned in and destroyed. And finally, drumroll please, Biden met with Putin on Wednesday. There's not a whole lot of information on it outside of Putin's and Biden's press conferences, but what we do know is that the meeting ended early and was much shorter than expected, with one source saying the meeting was cut short due to Biden being tired. Putin claimed the meeting was constructive, denied responsibility for the wave of cyber attacks hitting the US, and actually expressed surprise that Biden was put together during the meeting. I think that says a lot about how Biden appears to the rest of the world. Biden's presser went a little differently, with a head nod to one question requiring a special corrective statement from the White House. CNN was noticeably disappointed that Biden didn't appear to lay down the law of the land and give Putin a tongue lashing. The presser did, however, end with Biden giving this tongue lashing to a CNN reporter. Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? I'm not confident he'll change his behavior. What the hell? What do you do over there? So when did I say I was confident? You I said, said in the next six months. I said, what I said was, let's get it straight. I said, what will change their behavior is if the rest of the world reacts to them and it diminishes their standing in the world. I'm not confident of anything. I'm just stating the fact. But given his past behavior has not changed, and in that press conference after sitting down with you for several hours, he denied any involvement in cyber attacks, he downplayed human rights abuses, he even refused to say Alexei Navalny's name. So how does that account to a constructive meeting as President, President Putin? President? You don't understand that, you're in the wrong business. If the summit with China 
and it being CNN is beautifully ironic. All right, folks, you are all caught up on the major headlines. If you liked this video, please check out my channel for my other videos, as well as weekly live streams every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern. As always, thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you on the next one.